Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hey there, I went on the air today with Mark Brené of CFAX Radio to talk about two really interesting, although completely unrelated topics in the world of marketing. First, Drake and the Toronto Raptors. What up with Drake? Is he either the unofficial mascot of the Raptors or a genius in marketing? I'm not quite sure yet which one, but it's an interesting topic. We talked about it. Second, the election in Europe. Nobody saw the Greens rise. Everybody thought the populists were going to sweep it. Well, there's a thing in marketing we called worldview thinking, where we look at the worldviews of the people that we're trying to talk to. And I think they could have used a little bit more of that in Europe. So let's join in on the conversation with Mark Brenny and myself on CFAX Radio. 334, 26 before 4. If you've been watching the Toronto Raptors' wild run in the NBA playoffs, you'll no doubt have seen Toronto singer Drake acting more like a Raptor than a rapper. He's been trash-talking opposing teams online and on the court. Even gave the, Ra- even gave the Raptors coach... Nick Nurse, a shoulder massage while the game was on recently. And if you saw Saturday's great game six, in which Toronto clinched the Eastern Conference final to move to the final, the NBA's, um, you'll likely have noticed TV cameras swinging over to Drake pretty much every time the Raptors scored a big basket. So my question is this, is Drake riding the Raptors to drive his brand, or are the Raptors deploying Drake to push their brand? Mark Stoiber is a brand consultant, entrepreneur, and writer. His latest book, Stop Busting Your Drake. Stop busting your brand. <laughs> I want to bust Drake. He's getting annoying to me. He's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Uh, he's, doing, he's, doing, he's working wonders for awareness in Toronto, and at the same time, he's making a lot of people pretty angry because they're going, stop, uh, stop uh, overshadowing our, our glory here. We're more than Drake. You know, uh, but you can't. One thing you can't dispute: the man is a marketing genius. He He's is. at the top of his game. He totally is. So, who's using who here, uh, or is this Brofest mutually I think it's uh, bro beneficial? Fest. I think it's a Brofest, and I I think that you can look at it either way. The guy loves basketball. The team thinks that he's really, really cool. I think they, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. But um, I, I think that it could go south very, very quickly. I think I, it has in some cases. Listen to what Jack Todd of the Montreal Gazette had to say. Final line of his uh, column the other day. It should be a great NBA final. Pity Drake won't sit down, shut up, and let us watch it in peace. Yeah. <laughs> now, on the opposite side of that, you can, you can say, you know, we were taking sports a little bit too seriously. We go to have a good time. Uh, yeah, I see that side. Because I, I brought this up. I brought this up recently with some uh, some sports pals, and it was evenly split. They thought I was being yeah. a cranky old man. Yeah. And that, you know, unlike the NHL, the NBA knows how to have fun, uh-huh. and this is fun. And, and I get that. I really do. I, I get that. But every the, time they score, of, the cameras, and yeah, that's not his uh, fault. But no, I mean, but they're, they're reacting, They're right? reacting, and there he is. And, and it doesn't part of you just go, he's like a, some little kid going, but pay attention to me, pay attention to that's me, exactly, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. And you're I like, think. shut up, let the grown-ups talk for a while. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that's it. Why, that's how I feel about the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. Now, I, I did a bit of research on, on Drake and, and, you know, the phenomenon that is Drake, and 
by all intents and purpose, for all uh, intents and purposes, the man is a marketing genius. He's at the top of his game. They compare him to Madonna, somebody who also ha was no stranger to stepping over the line and being overexposed in every sense of the word. <laughs> yes, she was. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it paid off for her. Whether you loved her or loathed her, you probably loved her and loathed her at different parts of her career. That's a fair assessment. Now, and, and, and also, I mean, they pull up the, the, the analogy with Spike Lee. Spike Lee, a big New York Knicks fan, sort of, he, he sort of uh, carved out this path for Drake. Because and, and Nicholson before that. But it seems yeah. to me Jack Nicholson sitting Jack Nicholson sits on the sidelines looks, looks like Jack Nicholson. with his sunglasses on, looking yeah. cool at the LA Lakers games. Uh, more or less minded his own business. Yeah, Spike, Spike Lee used Lee, to trash talk. He used to trash talk, but he and he got up a little bit here and yeah. there. But Drake seems to be on his feet the entire time. Yeah, he seems to be like the annoying kid at the at the grown up party, just looking for ways. You know, he's going to push over the vase and. Well, he's and giving he's giving high on. fives as Raptors are leaving the court. Yeah. in a in a timeout. Yeah, yeah, maybe he, you know maybe he wants to be the extra singer in the band. I don't know. Well, where. he definitely does. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go. However, I mean, there are a few things that we got to consider. The, the Raptors just gave him a, a, a jacket, a, a team jacket. Apparently, it was perversely expensive to the tune of $175,000, but I'm, I'm sure it's worth every penny. <laughs> uh, and now he is, he, is selling, he is selling knockoffs of that jacket, um, according to the news, uh, for $575. The marketing cost there, again, you know, you got to pay for marketing when you want to buy a because jacket, he has OVO. He, uh, OVO, he has his own bra uh, brand uh, mm -hmm. clothing company. It's called OVO, October's Very Own. Mm -hmm. It's also a record label, mm -hmm. and it's called that because Drake was born in yes. October. Yes. And uh, he also has a deal with Team Canada. Now, Canada gearing up for the World Cup in China this mm -hmm. summer. Uh, it's going to be announced soon. Nick mm -hmm. Nurse, Toronto's team, uh, Toronto's coach, is going to coach Canada's team. And also Team Canada, Basketball Canada, supposedly is going to pick up the deal the Raptors have mm -hmm. with Drake with OVO. So this guy's making money left, right, and center. He's no making, wonder he's up and down all the time. Uh, exactly. The and, uh, you know... I, I look at him and I go, he doesn't need it. Madonna didn't need it either, right? She just chose. It's, it's in her DNA. She chooses to do this stuff. She is Madonna and he's Drake. But I, I don't think it's a particularly endearing quality for somebody, especially like Drake, who wants to be positioned as somebody who's cool and who is, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's not trying too hard and who's, who's just got a, who oozes, oozes uh, confidence to be bouncing up and down like a, like a circus clown. Uh, at the sidelines, you know, I, I don't think he needs it. And just as a brand guy, I look at it and I go, yeah, he's a genius, but is he, is he polluting his own brand? That's my question to you. At yeah. what point does he cross the line and begin to make his brand become kind of like, oh, I'm not buying that because he annoys me? Well, you know, the, the, it's the old Michael Jackson thing. Michael Jackson's Thriller was a fantastic record that was absolutely destroyed by being played to death. Madonna had a terrific brand that by overexposure started to actually devolve. So uh, it didn't hurt her any, but people, it turned off a lot of people who thought Madonna was fairly cool. And I think Drake runs the same risk. It's like putting out too many singles on a, on a record, one after the other. You know, you got to let it go up and go down and go up and go down. Make yourself a little bit scarce. And I think that's where the one thing where he, he risks being turned into uh, a mainstream icon as opposed to an icon of cool and uh, where things could go wrong with him if he overexposed himself. I think it would pay him, it would pay him very, very well to be a little bit quiet. He, he is funny, though, and he has mm -hmm. a sense of humor. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but last Thursday, when Toronto was playing Milwaukee, this was the game in Milwaukee mm -hmm. when Toronto uh, won that game. Uh, so this, this would have been game four. Uh, game five, pardon me. 
and the 32-year-old rapper was not in Milwaukee, but the Bucks owner, Milwaukee Bucks owner, uh, uh, his daughter Mallory Edens sat courtside wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, with, with a different rapper on it. Yeah, the rapper's name is Pusha T, and Drake Drake has this little rivalry going uh-huh. on with Pusha T. So I'll give Drake credit because he took a picture of Mallory Edens courtside, and he posted that uh, on his Instagram, Instagram account. And then he even changed his profile photo to her. And I thought that was pretty cool of him. He's got yeah. a sense of humor. So yeah, he scored points that, with me on that Not one. only that, but Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth came yes. out because they were in, uh, they're, they're obviously San Jose, Golden State, and uh, they're like, you know, shut up. They said and they, they called Drake a glorified mascot. Yeah, exactly. And then he came back and he, he laughed a bit. And uh, they came back and they said, hey, two of our guys are Canadian. It's all cool. So it's not like a Joe Biden, Donald Trump slapdown thing here. I, I think it's all in good fun. But, man, they, they sure are generating the headlines. They are. I you think know? it's got a shelf life, though. I certainly hope it has a shelf life because it seems to be full court press, pardon the, you know, pardon the pun, but it seems to be full court press on the media attention right now. You know what? They got another few games. It's all over. Everybody will forget about it. Yeah. So it, maybe he's being very calculated. He's going to play out this hit single for all it's worth and then go quiet for a little while. So it's funny how the NBA has embraced it because mm-hmm. if this happened in another sport. Hockey. Hockey is an example. <laughs> let's say. Don Cherry. Yeah. Well, Carolina. Well, let's. Well, yeah. Well, let's say somebody was massaging the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the shoulders of one of the NHL coaches. It'd be mm-hmm. a little bit difficult to do because it's a different mm-hmm. setup. I get that. But during a game, do you think the NHL would say to that fan, even if that fan happened to be a big popular superstar, uh, don't do that. I think they would. I think the NFL uh, think would do the, the same thing. I think too. the I think they'd tell them to go to hell. So what does that say for the NBA? Are they uh, turning a blind eye, or are they smart to say, you know what, this sells? I think I think that they're uh, they're very much about the entertainment. I, I can't look into the heads of the commissioners of the NBA versus the NHL. I, all I know is I'm a hockey fan, and I have a funny feeling that if they did that to some hockey coach, it would just be <laughs> they would just they would they would eat him up. You're kicked out of the ACC. Yeah, or but maybe maybe there's more of a maybe there's more of a bling attitude in basketball. Maybe there's more of a, a sort of a, you know African American vibe in the whole thing where they're just like you know it is about it's a bit about show off. It's about being you know trash talk and stuff. And so it is a little bit more in the spirit of fun. Um, you know, I think in, in hockey when they start trash talking, the next thing they're beating each other up. <laughs> So it's, it's a different vibe, you know? It is different. So maybe, it's fun, and I don't want to yeah. give the impression to our listeners that I'm that much of a curmudgeon. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I'm just I'm on the edge right mm-hmm. now. For example, watching Saturday's game, and I was predicting it. Uh, Sam was on my left. Don was on my right. I said, Don, watch. They're going to show him. They're going to show Drake. Bucket scores. They show Drake. Watch. They're going to show him again. Yeah. It's like, Stop showing Drake. Yeah, I'm not here to see Drake. Exactly. Can you imagine the players? I mean, the players don't aren't aren't hard up for attention either. But yeah. you know, the players are going what what what, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, I don't I, I I think that it's going to be played out until the end of the finals, and then it'll all go away, and we'll all forget, and we'll move on to something else. Trivia question for you. I don't know. What is Drake's real name? I don't know. Aubrey Drake Graham. You got to be kidding. No, Drake's his middle name. Get out of here. Aubrey Drake Graham. That's awesome. So he could have gone with Aubrey. I think Aubrey would have been much better. He could have gone with Graham. Exactly. Aubrey would have made him sound like he was in the Civil War or something like that. (laughs) Dios Martha.
<laughs> I think Drake, I'm, I'm going to the basketball I think, game today. I, I think Drake works just fine. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's take a break. Let's come back. We're going to talk about something uh, political, but also yeah. branding. This is what happened over the weekend, and that's the elections for the EU Parliament, the European Union. My guest, uh, Mark Stoiber, brand consultant, entrepreneur, writer. His latest book is called Stop Busting Your Brand. 345. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show to this point. Listen, if you have any questions or topics that you want to suggest that I speak about on the air with Mark Brenning or on my podcast, or if you know an interesting guest, somebody who's really good at what they do in branding, I'd love to know more. Drop me a line, mark at markstoiber.com. Now let's get back to the show. 348 as we drive home together on a Monday afternoon. Well, they held elections for the European Parliament over the weekend. Things didn't go quite as planned as the major parties lost big time. And the move to the right we've seen in so many places didn't really happen. So what did happen? My guest is Mark Stoiber, brand consultant, entrepreneur, writer. His latest book is called Stop Busting Your Brand. Mark, uh, Green Party leader Elizabeth May said this mm. morning the move to green is catching on even in Europe. She uh, mm. says that 17 new green seats were picked up. Yep. That brings the total to 69, and that makes the Greens uh, the third largest group in the EU. So what happened here? What happened? Uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a politician. I don't live in Europe, but... Um, as a marketer, I see something very, very interesting happening here because uh, there's a thing that, that as brand people we talk about a lot, which is worldviews. And to understand somebody, you have to understand where they're looking at the world from. And in, in Europe right now, and in the whole world, we're seeing dramatic shifts happening. You know, the stuff that happened in the United States, the stuff that's happening, uh, you know, in, in, in Europe. Um, the stuff that's happening all over the world where, you know, the, the establishment is falling and populism is on the rise and, and uh, it seems like the world is heading towards chaos. However, it, it, it's, it's interesting because you look at things like the EU election and they're predicting a rise in populism, which is the, the movement of people who don't really stand on party principle going, this is our policy. They're just like, whatever the folks want usually lowest common denominator, that's what we're going to feed them. It's all about keeping power. Um, but what you saw was, uh, I think, as a response to what is happening, especially in the United States, I think the people in Europe looked at this and said, you know what, we have to look at this from the world view of people who are a bunch of small countries. We need to lean on each other for protection and we need to create a greater whole. Now, this is the first time since the EU was started in 1992 that they had, I think it was a 50% plus turnout rate at the poll. It was a big turnout. So people care, and they didn't previously care. Uh, so this is an interesting thing because, you know, it, it caught them by surprise that the far right people didn't get any real traction. They got a little bit, not really. It took a lot of people, I don't think, by surprise that the big parties, which are seen as tone deaf, took a big hit. All you have to do is look at what's happened at Brexit and, and, the, and the, uh, you know, Elizabeth May's party over there. They're, they're just looked at as out to lunch. But the whole thing of, of Green, I thought, was really, really interesting. That Green has seen a big upswing. And in, unlike the United States where they're going, it's us against the world, they're saying, we got a team together because when smog moves, it doesn't care if there's a German or a French border. We all got to hang together. Now, worldviews is all about how people regard the world. Why does this take us by surprise? because we don't have the worldview of somebody sitting inside of Europe. Why did Donald Trump take everybody by surprise? Because we didn't have the worldview of somebody who felt like the world had passed them by. 
Now, I, wanna, I just wanted to use that as a jumping off point because politics isn't nearly as exciting as Drake. One quick correct, correction, just because we'll oh. get a text message on this if I don't. You said Elizabeth May. I know you meant Teresa May. Teresa May. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Oh no, it's okay. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. That's all right. That's a it's, really we'll, we'll bad get, one. We'll, we'll get a text message. That's from a truly saying. bad one. I apologize no, for right. that. I, I did can, not I can mean see that. how you went there. I, I yeah, about exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I want to use the election as, as a jumping off point just to sort of talk to your listeners for a second about worldviews. And it's fascinating because as a marketer, oftentimes you project a message from your perspective expecting that people are going to respond to it. And they don't. You know, the populace, for example, in Europe, and they didn't respond. Uh, now, there are four interesting worldviews, and I want to I challenge folks out there if they can spot themselves in here. They, uh, and they feed off each other. The first one is what's called absolutist. And an absolutist is what you saw in all the 1940s movies with Cary Grant. There's folks who believe in God, uh, football, and their community. And they believe in sacrificing for the kids and they believe in fighting in World War II because it's gonna create a better tomorrow, all right? This is the sort of person who is very, very leery of the outside. Do you see this sort of person anywhere in the, in the world right now? Yeah. I see them, I see them it, in the United States. In the United States right in now. In the heartland. Yeah. These are the sure. people in the heartland. Yeah. And Bible Belt. I, they're the Bible Belt. Now, this is interesting because these people have a direct symbiotic relation to the next worldview, which is the individual, the individualistic thinker. Most people who are absolutists believe that their reward will come in heaven, so they're willing to wait and sacrifice. The individualist says, wait a minute, why am I going to wait till heaven? Why don't I get my reward now? The whole world is a game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scam it. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, he's in the White House. He's in the White House. <laughs> and how did he get there? By appealing to the absolutists. He says, I am like you. He will say what they want to hear because he thinks that they're there to be gamed. And you see that happening a lot in politics. So these now. are selfish people. They're selfish people, but they they're also... They're not bad people. They're not they, bad. But this is, where they, this is how they think. And they often came up from the absolutists. They just got impatient. They got impatient for waiting for heaven for their reward. They said, I'm going to get my reward now. So it's interesting. I want my they, just desserts just that I eat my desserts before I eat I got to eat my desserts exactly <laughs> before right. justice. The next thing, the individualists usually have children, and these children hate them because they said, Daddy is all about the money. All he wants is money, 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 and it makes me sick. They're the humanists, and you could see them in all the hippie communes in the 1960s. They were a direct rebellion against the acquisitive sort of gaming the system growing quickly of the 1950s and 60s you know creating as much fortune as possible humanists uh, have a sort of a fatal flaw though and I think you'll be able to see this in, in uh, I'm gonna describe it you can describe the political party to me they believe that if you throw your arms around the world hard enough the world is gonna hug you back and love you. Well, you mentioned Elizabeth May earlier. <laughs> yes. So, so I'd say probably Green Party, little NDP. -ish. It is a lot of that. Not that it makes it Not, bad. No, no. There, it's a type in, of in thinking. In fact, you could say it makes it good. Yes. I, I, my belief is that all of us have some of this in us. However, if you get an individualist talking to a humanist, right. it's fire and water. They're, they're going to hate each other. If you have a humanist talking to an absolutist, it's going to be like somebody in Texas with a big old belt buckle talking to somebody in San Francisco with peace, love, and understanding on their Volkswagen. They're going to hate each other. You can sell both of them a Toyota Prius, but you have to do it in a different way for each person. Now that is where it takes us back you know, to the EU and this fractured scenario where everything is a free-for-all and the big parties are falling. Obviously, there's people there with a very specific <coughs> worldview who aren't seeing what they want reflected in what these people are saying. 
the final, the final one, I want to see if you spot this person. They're children of the humanists and the individualists. They believe that there is peace, love, and understanding that needs to be created in the world, but they also know that money makes the world go round. So they're the sort of person that uses money, and they're good at making money, for greater good. And I would suggest that that is sort of an Obama-esque character, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to pick models, you know, like yeah. uh, stuff that everybody seems to... I'm thinking of, which is the Microsoft guy? Yeah, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Exactly. They're filthy rich. They're really good at making money. They're risk takers. And, uh, but at the same time, they realize that, they're, that the purpose in life is more than just playing golf and making money. So I just wanted to pull that in as a sort of like a little value add. It's a marketing thing that we use all the time to figure out why people aren't responding to your message. I think a lot of parties in Europe especially the big ones and the populace, could have listened a bit harder to the people. And they, they listened to their people. The reason that, uh, that there is this big fracturing going on, I believe, a lot of it has to do with social media, in that if you're a humanist, you can surround yourself with other humanists. It used to be when there was only TV and newspapers, you had to sit down in front of the TV with a humanist, an absolutist, and an individualist and get along. You don't have to do that anymore. So therefore, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the populace are going to win everything because populists just talk to populists and they tend to be noisy people. And they're in the silos on the internet. They're in the silos on the internet and they're also very noisy because they're outrageous people. So you could be forgiven for thinking, oh my God, they're going to take everything. So we went back to Drake. We went back to Drake, <laughs> exactly. Now what sort of a worldview you got there? Drake. Drake? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's a humanist, but I think he's a Drakeist first. I think he might be a bit of a Drakeist. I think he's kind of a systems guy. I think he knows how to make the dollars, but well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks for this. Always appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. You bet. Mark Stoyer, a, a prediction. You're into sports. Uh, Raptors and uh, Golden State. I think they're going to get cleaned up by Golden State. How many games? Four games. Oof. You leave the studio and do not come back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not alone in thinking this. <laughs> I'm not too far. I think, uh, I don't know. It's not going to be good. Uh, Mark Stoiber, brand consultant. His latest book is Stop Busting Your Brand. 358. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas.